Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Jim Gray. Hey, hey. Talking about Gray. Jim Gray. Jim Jam. Gray Slide. <laughs> This episode of Believe in Skateboarding is brought to you by PowerFlex Wheels, designed and engineered for performance. We're not just putting a cute new graphic on the same old wheel out of the same old mold made in some factory in Mexico or China. These wheels are made in the USA, and they're made to perform. I've given wheels to team riders who sometimes don't put them on for months because they say they can't wear out or flat spot the set they have, and they don't see why they should change them. God, imagine that. You guys are paying for them, and some of these other wheels flat spot in three weeks. And yeah, they have some awesome team riders and some famous dudes, but hey, they're getting paid and they get 12 sets of wheels for free. You're buying yours. Stop wasting your money. Buy something that lasts and buy something that performs. Try PowerFlex wheels next time. You won't be unhappy with your choice. Well, happy Friday, everyone. Actually, it's Friday the day I'm recording this. It probably won't be put up on a Friday, but um, this is Believe in Skateboarding. Uh, I am your host, Jim Gray. And as usual, we're going to start off with our guest by asking him the same question we ask everybody. That is, I'm Jim Gray. Who the hell are you? I'm nobody. No. <laughs> um, I'm Scott Obradovich. Scott Obradovich. Scott Obradovich has some roots. And you should probably turn the ringer off on your oh. phone. Oh, that would be going. the polite okay. thing to do, like being uh, in a movie. No, it's okay. I, mine probably on, too. We'll wait till it goes off to find out. Um, so Scott Obradovich is a skater. Uh, he, uh, I didn't know until recently, he's a very good friend of Ron Allen's, um, like best homies for life. Ron says the same thing. So does, so does he. So neither of them, I, I cross-referenced that. Um, and I've become <laughs> really tight with Ron Allen. So I, I'm kind of infringing upon his friendship with Ron. Just, I'm being really blatant about that. I'm really competitive. I'm going to see if I can kind of snake him out and undermine him somehow. Uh, actually, no, Perfect. not at all. So, so Scott, <clears throat> you uh, have done a lot of stuff in skateboarding. You're a skateboarder. You're friends yeah. with some uh, some famous people in skateboarding, like Keith Stevenson, and uh, who? Uh, what is he known as in Thrasher Magazine? Billy, Billy Runaway. Billy Runaway. Name. See, yeah. and that's the funny thing. I live so much in it. I didn't even pay attention to a lot of that stuff. I forget who did what, who did like the food thing, who did whatever. So yeah. Billy Runaway, yeah. aka Keith Stevenson, supermodel, pretty boy. We love the guy. <laughs> uh, nicest guy ever. Yeah. He grew up around the corner from me, um, and and I've seen friends with Ron Allen. He was a production artist for H Street. Yeah, back in, yeah. The day. Uh, back in the day, and I, I'm just gonna let him talk. Tell us about tell us like skateboarding. Where did you start skateboarding? Skateboarding, seventy three ish, Fountain Valley. Uh, just transplanted there from Fresno due to family circumstances, and uh, it was the thing that the kids down the block that you weren't allowed to play with. It was the toy that they had. It was awesome. just like, how old, how old are you? I'm. 56 now 56. I was, so am I so I'm just yeah so I, yeah. I I grew up in Westminster Fountain Valley border it's funny that we didn't know each other but I lived in Westminster right on the border yeah um but yeah the kids down the block the the gnarly kids they were all cruising around the street on their boards and uh, I you and I had talked 
uh, during lunch about uh, seeing the guys underneath uh, the Huntington Beach Pier yeah, skating that, that bank was, there. We went and hung out just to watch the freestyle that was taking place. And if you could learn to do a Bertelman on that bank, you were just like, yeah. Saw those, didn't know what the hell yeah. they were. But I just remember, it's like, whatever that is, I want to do that. And um, a girl that I went to school with in, this was fourth or fifth grade, Sean Mason was her name. I still remember her name. She goes, yeah, skateboard. I'm like, all right. So Thank I, you, Sean Mason. Yes. Uh, um, story there, too. But uh, anyway, uh, I, I took some money out of my mom's filing cabinet. That was my allowance and work money. She had a fish, fish and chips restaurant on uh, PCH in Corona Del Mar. So you stole some money. It was my money. It was my savings. But yes. Maybe you, we, you we were supposed to go. Misappropriated it? Okay. I, I misappropriated some I money out of my parents' I moved it too. from the uh, Catalina Island Fund to the Scott's Going to Learn How to Skateboard okay. Fund. All right. So I pedaled my sister's bike down to whatever the damn five and dime store off of Magnolia was and got a Hobie Super Surfer in a box. Rode it back home on the handlebars. Sweet. Took it out of the box. And Sean Mason, she just goes, you know how to ride that thing? I'm like, no. She, no you need to put a foot in front. Did the, stood behind me, shoved me. I stepped forward with my right foot. She goes, okay, your right foot goes in front. Oh, figure she out. Goes, your push. I don't she, even remember that stuff. That's she pushed awesome. and went, and then she, and I pushed and went and probably ate shit right away. But was, So Magnolia and what, Warner or something? Or um, where was, where was? Magnolia and Nightingale. It was the Stardust home track. I was right down the street from Harper what, what Elementary. Was, what was the closest, like, cross street? Um, I was uh, just... Beach like, side of Ellis okay, and Magnolia. Right, right. So and, and Ellis Hill. That's one thing about Orange County. It was just a grid, right? Brookers, Bouchard, <laughs> Magnolia, Newland Beach, and then you yeah. just cross. So you could tell anybody two points, and they you know, they know exactly where you're. Magnolia. At. So and I Ellis. lived on Brookhurst and Edinger. Oh God, you're right, right down the, the road. So my my the home was in Westminster. My my over my back fence was a strawberry field, which was Fountain Valley. Yeah, and that all got built out as I grew up. And the first person I skated with outside of my neighborhood was Arab. Eric, oh wow! Eric Groff. Yeah, yeah. He lived in Fountain Valley, um, just across on the other side of Edinger, and I uh, just rolled down the sidewalk riding my skateboard around, found some kids in this big quarter pipe on the street back in the Rampage Ramp days. Oh god, I think yeah. it might have had a little piece of plexiglass and all that inspired. Yeah, so yeah. that was one of my first experiences. So, um, so let's talk about uh, just talk about a few things you've done in skateboarding that you remember fondly. Um, wow, skateboarding's. I mentioned this earlier as well. Skateboarding for me has brought everything, my best friends, my wives, my girlfriends, uh, my best experiences. All of that is due to my skateboarding and me following my skateboarding. Well, that's even not like why you're here today. We've met years ago. We've been friends for years. Um, I'm literally just getting out to go get a taco. And I see someone drive down the street and go, Jim Gray. And I'm like, I couldn't even tell who it was. <laughs> At first, it's either, you know, like 50-50. Yeah. Am I going to be annoyed and like, oh, shit, I got to get out of here. And someone wants to, you know, right. talk my ear off or want something for free or whatever right. it is. You never know what the angle is. And then you turn around and it's you. I go, dude, what are you doing? I'm going to get some tacos. Want to come? So we go have yeah. some tacos. And now and then I start telling you I'm doing a podcast. And we're and sitting so here talking you're, you're, you know, uh, yeah, so this, who knows when this will ever get posted. I'm trying, I'm trying to organize all these podcasts. Yeah. I've done like eight or nine of them in the last two weeks. Uh, and part of the reason why I feel so natural for me to do a podcast is that I just know so many rad people like you and I'm so fortunate because I've always offered this is very much a hub for people to come by. So I get visitors all the time. And, uh, so it's awesome. Someone comes by that's, you know, otherwise I went to a lunch by myself, you know, I'd be sitting in a corner crying like nobody loves me. I'm going to go on Instagram, see if someone liked the picture. Maybe that means I'm loved. You know, I'd be all by myself, but you joined me and took, I didn't even look at Instagram while we were at lunch because... We're here. We're I had love. We're, we're doing our talk story. We're they doing like our talk surfing. story. They have I like talk, talk story. story. And that, and, and through skateboarding, oh God, learning to ride a pool the first time, 
Oh, wow. So this is, I'm, I'm non sequitur. I will jump decades. That's fine. That's fine. So, Let's talk about learning to ride a pool the first time. Okay. I was swimming uh, and I, my dad had dumped me off at my friend Dwayne Patterson's house in Clovis. And he goes, hey, this guy's got like a little ramp thing in his driveway. So I'm like right around the block. So we skate over there. It's like four houses down. He's got a little like two foot tall wedge ramp. And then up against his garage door is a, it's got to be seven or eight feet tall. Like the, the you know, piece of plywood, four by eight. Yeah. But it was a quarter pipe and the damn thing was over vert. Wow. And, and no one knock on the door because I'm, you know, my parents brought me up. Right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We no one, we no one answers the door. You don't barge. Yeah. No one answers the door. I'm like, well. I, I'm gonna skate. Sorry. Yeah. So yeah. I'm well, okay. You don't barge rudely. You you attempt to be I, I respectful. Attempt, yeah, absolutely. But the ramps are there, and I'm like, well, I'm just. So I took a couple of runs, and this, and as I come off the quarter pipe, which I, I got a little bit oververt, and it was scary. How's that fun. for a rat experience? Oh I'm my god! Oververt before I even know how to ride a damn quarter pipe. Well, and I come down, and there's a dude in uh, high school, and I'm in junior high, and uh, he's just like, that was rad. He was introduced himself. I can't remember his name. How amazing is that when you're like in junior high and their high school and someone acknowledges you of a high school age? You're like, I was acknowledged. Well, yeah, but it was like, I don't know if it like, works that way anymore. I don't, I don't care uh, if kids even give so. a shit. I'm a kindergarten. I'm the whole world revolves around me. Well, it's you know I mean? so, we're talking about skateboarding exactly. where it doesn't matter color, size, race, blah, 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 blah. You're skateboarding. And if you did something cool, it's like, that, that was fucking exactly. cool. And he just is like, wow, you know, that was rad. So we exchanged a couple of, you know, we skated together for a little bit. And he goes, hey, you want to go ride a pool? And, and for me in skateboarding, the answer is always yes. Yeah. You know, you live here? Yeah, that your pool? Yeah. You're yeah. supposed How to be here? How much skin will I have of afterwards? Course. I don't know. But, you know, let's go ride a pool. <laughs> so we hopped on a Fresno uh, City bus, which is the first time I ever did that. Yeah. took me to the tie Bowl in I, Fresno. I, honestly, my parents didn't even know I took buses. <laughs> we were, we're like, you're not getting on a bus, kid. Like that. Dude, I took buses everywhere. I took buses uh, to skate all over the place. And just like, I just had a real strict family. Dinner was at 6. Oh, yeah. You show up at 6.01, you don't eat dinner. <gasps> yeah, you just go to your room. So, and, and plus, you would just get the vibe and trouble. Right. So I just found a way to get out of school, get on a bus, and I'd go freaking 20 miles away to Anaheim or ride the fishbowl and get back on the bus and come screeching around the corner at five <laughs> minutes till six, walk in the door like, hi mom, hi dad, you know, yeah. sit down at the table. Um, yeah. So, uh, yeah. So he took me to the first pool and he said, you know, and it was the, it's everything that you read about history wise. It's like, okay, there's the light over the light, then there's tiles and then there's coping. And I made it over the light. I didn't get to tiles that day, but. Rode my first pool I, and... I uh, feeling. I certainly didn't hit tiles or coping well, was, on my first run. I can't even really remember. I think the fishbowl was my first uh, my pool. Actually, the first experience in a pool for me, I was about five years old. I lived in Monterey Park in East L.A. Um, and the houses up on the hills were the fancy houses. And this is before when they, when they did construction. There was no fences, no... You know, security yeah. guard or like that. And we went and walked around this house and there was a pool they were building. And I remember like being fascinated with the round circle and running. I was five years old and I was running over the light. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, yeah. And uh, that was like, wow, that's kind of a cool feeling. And it's kind of interesting to look back and go, oh, I was fascinated as a young age. And <laughs> later in life, I kind of enjoyed that feeling. So still uh, do. <laughs> I think the actual pool pool was the fishbowl, I think was my wow. first. Uh, and that was in yeah. Westminster? It was in, it was in Anaheim. Anaheim. It was okay. kind of by Sadlands. And it was a pay, it was a pay to play pool, 50 cents an hour. You know, and the lady just rented the house and she rented it for 50 cents an hour. And I would come wow. out come out there like on a Saturday morning and get there at like 8 o'clock and sweep the pool. 
and see if I could get two hours out of her for, for free. And so I'd try to, you know, I'd work for my thing. So as many people think I'm just lazy, I'm like this <laughs> pompous, like, I'm this rich, famous skateboarder. Yeah, bullshit, dude. I swept the freaking pool for my session, you know. Yeah. Um, gotta earn it. Gotta earn it. Oh, man. Yeah. So what else, man? Let's talk about um, how our tacos were really good today. Yes, that was a good call. Yeah. My timing was perfect. Nice. Great, phone great call. Max Taco Tuesday and Friday in the Costa Mesa Newport area is good. I'm giving free ads away because this is a new podcast. We don't have any advertisers, so... <laughs> Um, great Mex, you're welcome. Uh, you just sponsored our podcast. Uh, yeah. Wait a second, they didn't sponsor. They didn't give us anything. Um, they gave us good bellies. They I got a ah! nice full happy <laughs> belly right now. You call man. your belly good, man. Yeah. Mine, my belly's excessive. <laughs> my belly's excessively good. Um, happy food, man. A good, good post skate, post surf. So today. you, you uh, are living in Long Beach. Yeah. Uh, Long you Beach. Uh, came to surf Huntington today. Yep. And then just came by to, yep. to see me and you caught me just before I left. Five minutes later I would have been gone. Thanks to Ron Allen's um, phone call. Yeah. Perfect timing. Yeah. Uh, Ron Allen. Our mutual love. Let's just talk about Ron Allen. Let's have a podcast where we just like let's talk oh about Ron Allen. Oh my god. Ron yeah. Allen is the sweet. Best. He's intelligent. He's kind. Um, he, he's pretty emotionally sensitive. He's he's caring, which is awesome because it makes him real. He um, and he's talented. You know, he's he's, he's, he's music an ar- talented. artist. Music. He is an artist for sure. On, on a skateboard, on pen and paper, on a mic, uh, yeah. He, in life, he's an artist. I'm still tripped out why he respects me so much. He has just a strange respect for me. It's like wow, it's like that. <laughs> I'm like, I'm, it, it's a nice feeling. We're, we're nice guys in skateboarding. <laughs> well, Not that it's few and far between. No, but, but I you know. seriously. There's because what happens is you know I mean funny what's funny I, I turned on some link on Facebook or like that and there was something that was posted on Thrash or some English movie or something called Blokes and I started watching the first five minutes of it and it was just dudes started like beating the shit out of each other and and you know breaking shit and yelling at each other and then they're all skateboarders and that's the image that they sell so that they can sell sweatshirts and t-shirts and be cool and blah blah right, right. but the reality is skateboarding wouldn't function if if skateboarders were really truly a bunch of assholes everywhere skateboarding would get shut down it's the fact that there were nice people like us that went to the city and really worked with them properly to get that skate park built and so on and so forth i mean we had to overcome thrasher we did because they'd pull a hold of a thrasher magazine and go like do we want to build something for these guys we're like no no no, that's not everybody there's actually lots of us that are nice and uh (laughs) and you know so the the, the normal nice to be fair though the crazy gnarly looking guys some of the nicest people no, in the, the nicest world. guys that's yeah, the sure. book cover no no you're right thing, you're right you know, but but, I'm, I'm talking about but, more from what the media aspect what they right. what they publish yeah, yeah. you know we know the reality even some of those guys that might be in the video that are like breaking everything and and you know just yeah looking like the biggest assholes well, in the world actually are teddy bear on. guys <laughs> some of the gnarliest skateboarders ever the guys that look like they you know Craig Johnson big hair coming out of his helmet were like it's a big freaking super teddy nice, bear yeah, dude sweetest nice sweetest guy. guys ever so, you know, guys like me that look like they're the clean-cut normal guys, I was the asshole. You know, I was like, don't fuck with me. I'll be the one who'll fuck you up. You know, yeah. I was like, you, you, you think, you know, Dwayne Peters is going to fight you? I tried to fight him as many times, and he would never <laughs> fight me back in the day, you know? so. But let's talk um, about Ron Allen real quick. Let's talk about Ron Allen. Yeah. And Ron's told the story, he's too, cute. about how he He has met. pretty eyes. Dude, girls love him. Girls love him. I mean, I think he's got I, a great smile. I'm not even a girl, and I love him. I love looking into his eyes. And I, I, am, I am very much... Uh, um, uh, What's even the word? I don't even know the word for it. I'm very much straight. How's that? Yeah, um, how funny. But Ron Allen's eyes are very beautiful. Yeah, he's a cool dude. And right now, he's, he's listening to this. Yeah, Whatever comes up, he's us. like, man, <laughs> really? You had to go there. Yeah, <laughs> I did, Ron. Your eyes are pretty. <laughs> but yeah, he's told the story. Uh, first time we met was uh, I was a stranger in Visalia. 
skateboarding his local ramp, Arthur McCorkle's ramp. Uh, my my sister knew Arthur. Uh, thank you, Arthur McCorkle. We're yeah. going to thank everybody who caused good things to happen. But uh, yeah, my sister's like, yeah, there's a little ramp. And Vicelli has these rounded curbs. So the ramp sat on the sidewalk. I and love that. Yeah, and you could ride up the curb and then hit the quarter pipe. And it was a janky little quarter pipe, but I was just, you know, you're skating it, doing flying off the side, doing your shit. And, and I, to, uh, it was uh, Ron Allen, and I believe it was also Mike Steffen, uh, came skating down the street. And they were just like, and Ron tells it, it's like, who the fuck is this dude skating our ramp? And, you know, we ended up sessioning together. Because the ramp was just there. You just started yeah, riding it was just it was there. there right? Arthur wasn't home, and That's everybody in the neighborhood rode it. Everybody, which was probably four or five people, maybe. <laughs> um, but I it, remember the, the, whatever, Central Cal, the NorCal curbs being rounded versus our, ours all down here were all square. Yeah. And I had cousins in Sacramento, and every time I go there, like, why do they have round curbs? Dude, why Fresno they, why had square curbs. curbs. You know, if I still okay. had rounded, I'm like, okay. yeah, dude, yeah. that's a great idea. I like the rounded curbs. To this day, it's awesome. If you're on a bicycle, you can zigzag up and down stuff easier. You surf you know, the curbs. Like, surf the curbs, for yeah. sure. Yeah. And then sometimes you screw up if you get your back wheel under the bottom and you aren't going right fast. <laughs> and you, you get to slide out and eat shit on the curbs. But, you know, <laughs> yep, um, that we did. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, it was it was first, you know, that had that that skateboard adversarial thing, but it, long, you know, long story short, we ended up being, it was our bond and we bonded together because like I said, there weren't very many skateboarders in Visalia and I was, I was still in high school in Fresno when we had met. I was probably you were 16 maybe when we had met and he went to, he was in high school. That's in, right. And, well, Mr. Ron Allen, AKA MC Intelligence, uh, I met him, not met him, obviously I've met him like in passing over all these years, contests right. like that, yeah. but we never Hung out. I don't really get that. If you were an Eight Street guy, you were a GNS guy, a Powell guy. You mostly traveled with your guys, and you crossed over a little bit—an occasional hotel party or whatever. Yeah, contest. Um, but there. unless you and I always worked full time, so I just got in, got out to events and stuff like that. So I never got that just week of hanging out and getting stoned with everybody doing things. <laughs> so I didn't get to know a lot of people as deep. Right. So while it's like, yeah, we know each other, you know, high five, but we saw each other in Ohio, and I'm like, hey, you know, I got the rental car, come with me, and we just started hanging out. And the more we talk, we go, dude, like we were like, we were like brothers from other mothers. The souls, <laughs> the souls were on fire. Because, yeah. Because I'm very, um, it's where I'm not political in any way. I'm, I hate politics. How's that? I, especially skateboard politics. So I'm vocal about my disdain for that and the people that push the buttons and play games and undermine and try to, you know, whatever, manipulate skateboarding. Those are my enemies. I'm not really into those people. Um, so we share little stories like that. He's going, dude, you would, I'm surprised we would have caused a lot of shit back in the eighties <laughs> if, if we would have met each other. Cause you know, he doesn't really like the games and stuff like that either. Right, so yeah, he's straightforward, um, dude. but you know, so finding someone who also was like, wow, we would have freaking stirred some shit up and pissed some people off. So now that we met, we can't waste that opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, me and Ron are just going to be brothers and you know, when the nice. opportunity comes, we're going to, we're going to steer, stir it up a little bit. Excellent. Yeah, no, he's yeah, he's the brother, dude. He's brother from a different mother. His his mom, his mom and dad were epic uh, too. They, he has uh, a lot of love. For Anna him and Herman, man, him. oh my god. Herman was right because he liked basketball, and my dad was a basketball coach and basketball referee. And well, I, I love that Ron tells me the story that his dad used to drive down to watch Angels games and drop him off a concrete wave for babysitting. So and paid, Ron, paid Stacy Peralta. Peralta as like here, we'll keep an eye on that kid, um, and that's that's pretty classic. And Ron, yeah. Ron was blown away when. Stacy Peralta remembered that. Uh, you know, I, mean, yeah. I think that really made Ron feel good. That Stacy, go, I know you. I used to babysit you at the <laughs> skate park. I mean, that was that was pretty rad. Uh, um, so let's talk about that because that's like that's part of the skateboarding family. Yeah, you know, um, we don't see each other frequently, but you know, the the memories of the years are always there. And I think 
what's weird is, you know, we all have high school friends. We all have that. There's a handful of people we may stay in touch with or run into and it always, you know, feels good to see them or that. But we don't connect the same way that skateboarders do. The skateboarder feels like it's... Uh, it's a reunion every time, you know. I mean, it's like the high school reunion happened every single time you run into somebody, yep. and and yeah. that's uh, it's like per, sometimes it's perpetual high school when it comes to the petty, you know, for uh, <laughs> you know, <laughs> the, yeah. the the stuff that happens in the skateboard business. But as far as the friendship, um, there's really nothing like it. No, not a, it's a great and you know modern world community. And yeah. So for so for people who look at skateboarding as a bunch of dysfunctional wild people. The reality is it's one of the raddest communities ever. Yeah. Uh, full of some of the most talented people ever. That's the fun thing about me writing down a list of people to interview even for my podcast. Um, most of them, I wrote about 150 names down. Most of them I wrote like connection. I was like basically like, you know, f- you know, personal friend. I mean, like right. I have their phone number. I'll call them right that. And about, you know, 10% of them might be like, oh, I'll make one phone call. You know, I, mean, I call you. Hey, do you have this guy's phone number? You would call this guy's phone number. Yeah, yeah. Most of them are just like in my phone. And... Uh, but there's just the things that have taken place, you know, artists and rock stars and, you know, just yeah, it, it just guys that started big companies and breweries and just like, it's just whatever it is, people just do things. And I think the, the tenacity it takes to be a skateboarder, the toughness it takes to survive it, um, the balls it takes to even try it yeah. gives people a little bit more gut. So it doesn't matter what, what job you end up doing, what you're doing. You, I, I know skateboarders always approach it different. Yeah, we see. Know? We look at the world different. Uh, and I think they work harder in general. Yeah, maybe I, not all, but I think stereotypically yeah. a skateboarder is like, I'm not going to be a slacker. I'm going to be here. I'm going to kick ass. I'm going to be the best dude here. Look at anybody trying to learn a trick, trying to do a handrail, trying to, you know, whatever in a pool or do whatever that thing is that you're trying to learn and how focused and driven a skateboarder can be to accomplish that and the punishment that they can sometimes endure and then persevere or sometimes not and get broken off and then show up later would you stop having people call you? That was in the my of sister. A Sorry, sis. I have to you tell you her later. Just a Sorry, moment. I was in the middle of become, I was becoming famous. I'm on Jim Gray's podcast. Did you know that Jim Gray's talking in stereo voice but, now because uh, radio voice. Know, it has to be special. But yeah, dude, we're driven. We'll we'll punish ourselves and get up and try it again, or sometimes go nope, and then and yet be the first person to stop and help a little old lady on the side of the road. Absolutely, because yeah. just. I know there's something. Skateboarders are amazing people, and, and, and some of them are complete assholes. There's no doubt about. It. There's like, yeah. and I think that the, the passion is what drives it all. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah, uh, a worldwide community, our, our worldwide community. You could be someplace and be homeless. You run into a skater, you got a place to stay, and like, like, oh, dude, you need that? Yeah. The the heavenly skateboard park owners back in the day, it's like, yeah, dude, you can go sleep in the bowl. Yeah, That's cool. I imagine you're sleeping about that. How many businesses could you imagine today that would let someone like, even like a, you know, they have a tennis club. They're not going to go, oh, you guys are traveling from Texas for this tournament. Yeah. Go ahead and just pop your tent up on the court. They're yeah. going to be like, well, if you're going to sleep, oh, no, if you on. do not have the Hyatt Regency Silver yeah. Edition membership, you are not allowed <laughs> to participate in our club. Oh, you know, it's like, God. skateboarders like, fuck yeah, throw your tent in the highball. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, uh, and I'll bet you it's still pretty much like that. You know, maybe it it's still pretty park. much is what I, what I've talked to a few of the people that I've talked to, you know, in the podcast and things like, I know that I could go to you know, Italy tomorrow and I could just literally post on Facebook. I'm coming to Italy. I'll be in, you know, Milan or like that. Um, anybody have any idea that people will be like, I'll pick you up at the airport. I'll have you dinner. Well, you can stay at my house. Uh, we have a place in the country. We'd love to take you and show you the, the bowl in this city or like that. I mean, skateboarders are like, 
And all part of it is the luck from being the having that tag pro skateboarder. There's just a little bit of fascination with that. It it is. You know, you take advantage of it, but you have to respect it. You can't disrespect it and say, yeah, I'm going to come to my house, feed me, take care of me. You know, like, and then I'll I'll go there and whine and say, like, I'm not happy. Like, your towels weren't warm enough. You know, like, it's like, dude, give me whatever you got, baby. I'll sleep with your goat in the barn. We're cool. You know, (laughs) all um, good. Yes, I'll help you clean the bowl out before we skate it. Yeah. And uh, now, so the skateboard brotherhood is, is pretty deep. Support for Believe in Skateboarding comes from Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. If you're going to pick any New Year's resolution this year, let it be to take care of your junk. Manscaped is making it easy with their men's grooming products. I've nicked my nuts before, and it hurts like hell. That's why Manscaped has redesigned their electric trimmer. The Lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin-safe technology, so this trimmer won't nick or snag. Manscaping accents are finally a thing of the past. Manscaped also has the Crop Preserver, an anti-chafing deodorant and moisturizer. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code BLEAV at manscaped.com. Start the new year off the right way by using the best tools for the job. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code BLEAV at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use the code BLEAV. Um, So what else do you want to talk about? This is an unscripted podcast. Yeah. Well, and, and, and if we don't talk well, about anything, we just sit here going like, duh, duh, duh. People go, wanna... fuck, Jim Gray such an idiot, man. He couldn't even keep his podcast going. Well, here's our, well, a talk story quick. And I'm, I'm not anybody in skateboarding, which is kind but of But you fun. are to me because you crossed my path. So you're part of my life of skateboarding. And, I'll, and, I'll and because think... I have a life that I got to be, but on whatever, a couple pages of magazines, some of which yeah. might make a more, couple more people, um, you know, blah, 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 listen. Yeah. That means that you're part of my story. So and amazing. And so, and, and thank yous to the the useless wooden toy that has brought so much joy in my life and, and a few surgeries. It's given me but, everything I want and it's hurt me a lot. But And so I'll, I'm going to take this opportunity to thank, because uh, I always, I, I, I somehow stumbled into, I, I stumbled into San Diego because uh, skateboarding and San Diego State was there and it was a good excuse to go skateboard in san diego i guess and because school is never really my thing i tried to be a but you did go artist. to san diego state i went briefly i was yeah. studying yeah. graphic communication i never graduated and... college either but i went briefly yeah. it was Cal fun Fuller, it was yeah. good uh met some a uh, couple of skateboarders are jeff cruteau from i remember uh, jeff jeff yeah from yeah. santa barbara yeah. was nice there guy. and yeah. i met him when i lived up there i was kind of following ron allen around the state for a little while and but anyway in san diego um I, it was paint pen art on skateboards, so it's this eighty-five ish, mm-hmm. you know. And um, Hamels was the place, yeah. and the and the curve Mission down Beach, to Mission right? Mission yeah. Beach. And um, Ray saw the grip tape stuff that I did. Like I redrew some logos and whatnot on the board I was riding, and he and Ray was asked me if I wanted to do some grip tape for his store, and gave me ten boards and a bunch of grip tape, and I had paint pens and brought them all back, and he's had you know it was Hamels Skateboard Club. And, you know, I did a board for some kid for Christmas, did a ninja on top of a slasher deck. And Tony Mag was living in Mission Beach, and he said, hey, who did this? And Ray gave him my number, and Tony called my house. Uh, and I was and they had just Mesa. started H Street, and I hung up on him. He said, "Hey, this is Tony Magnuson." Yeah, right. Fuck off. Click. I oh, thought no. I thought it was Mike or Ron. Because well, he had a little Swedish from... accent too. My mom was Swedish. People <laughs> used to call and go like, "She'd go hello," and they'd say they hang up and call back like, well, "Who's Yimmy? Who's Yimmy?" You know, Dude, so. I don't know about your friends, but you know, you get the time, yo, this is Jay Adams. Yeah, I get so, it. You I know, it. and, and I, yeah, I went click. Phone rings. No, dude, this is Tony Mag. I'm like, oh man, sorry. You yeah. know, and uh, so that was fun. I sat on his floor and we, I drew a logo for him. Uh, it was the Bat logo, I think. And, was and, the first and, one. and how and how strange is this? Because you were good friends with Ron Allen. 
Yeah. Who rode for H Street. Not and at that not time. Not yet. Okay. Not yet. Right. This so was were years... you part of the contact of Ron or did, how did that happen? No. That, I think all of that had, the, Jeff Clint was in there. Loved that guy. Uh, he was yeah. always really nice to me. Awesome. The and real Jeff... dude who started Spitfire Wheels. Don't let yeah. him Didn't even draw the and logo re, and everything. real skateboards. Yeah. And, uh, and Jeff Clint was a rad dude. Something weird went on there. I don't know all the story to it or whatever, but you know. Future Farmer Records. Someone he was stole an his incredible soul. musician. Um, so, Jeff, remember you well. Hope Rest in peace. Absolutely. Much love, buddy. Um, so let's see. Uh, where was I? Oh, so knowing Tony, and then I needed a job. He got me screen. I got to meet Doug Ring at Uncle Wiggly Skateboards because yeah, Tony yeah. was still involved with that. So I screen printed boards for Uncle Wiggly, which met, I met Dan Sturt and I'm, and I can't remember. There's a half a dozen dudes that worked there that were just the raddest fucking guys, ever. And they were just yeah. Uncle uh, Wiggly was a cool place. I, they made yeah. some stuff for uh, for Blockhead <coughs> back in the days like that. Yeah, we did was, sim snowboards yeah. for a little bit too. Yeah. So we had Ptex. And we were doing slick bottom boards, or the guys that were yeah. there. They were they were doing boards. techie stuff when techie wasn't happening. <laughs> Dude, right? Doug Ring and Tony Magnuson, brilliant together. Doug was such a rad guy, and could technically build molds and work with. We had carbon, we had fiberglass, carbon, Spectra, and Kevlar in the house, and he was experimenting with all of that. I made a six ply with two layers of carbon fiber board that lasted. I can't tell you. Yeah, how long. I, I almost I, most of my like I like to call it career. Most of my skate time through the early GNS days were fiber lambs, and yeah. then through Blockhead, I always rode the six plies with a ply of fiberglass. It was just it was the best feeling. Lightweight, snappy when you needed it. Didn't break for but light. It was yeah. just like, it was awesome. So, yeah. but yeah, through that I. I I did some graphics. I did some work. I was trying to be a graphic artist, and I'm not. So Tony got you a job artist. at the screen printing shop, yeah. And then later, through the connection of just being friends, whatever. Just knowing did him. You get, did, when did you? How did you get to H Street itself? Working for H Street. I think I kind of weaseled my way in it. I can't remember. Actually, that's he, one of those he, memories. Was H Street started yet? No, it no, wasn't. He was, think he, so. Was so he was like, he sure was grip doing, guy still or whatever. Or? Yeah, he was doing the Magnuson Designs yeah. thing, and then Suregrip sure kind of came closely after that. Um, but he was always writing his boards, like the Hellcom Cave board and stuff like that yeah. that he he did, taking a fucking belt sander to one of the old modes and just rah, just roughing it out. It was so fucking rad to watch. I couldn't. I, but had, anyway. I had big feet. I couldn't <laughs> ride Hellcom. I size thirteen feet. That would break your foot in half. Yeah. yeah so uh, yeah, yeah. Um, it, that was pretty amazing. But, and somehow I got in there. I can't, I don't know. I can't remember the exact story. Somehow mm -hmm. how Mark, Mike Ternaski was in there, 87 Skate did, Camp. Did you, know, you knew Mike from Visalia? I met Mike at Skate Camp, 87 okay. Skate right. Camp, which was um, a lovely turning point and lovely. Is that where uh, he met Tony and they started doing their stuff together? Because I'm not sure. Yeah. You're going to have to okay. ask Tony about that. Yeah. I, they met somehow, but I know Mike was a wrestler and he was at. He was at Cal Poly San Luis Obispo, I believe. Mm -hmm. And we had skate camp there in 87 skate camp. Is anybody that attended, uh, whether pro, am, or camper, we can tell you that it was fucking amazing. Excuse the language. <laughs> I never went to any of those San Luis Obispo things. Like that John one, John, who works for me, had been in a couple of them and with Lester. And I heard they were really, I heard they were Without really getting too personal, it was, it, yeah. I met some other rad. Well, and as, just, I, and as I told you, and I won't get too things. deep in that, but Mike Ternaski and I were not the best of friends because of kind of the way H Street came in and rumbled skateboarding and this right. stuff like that. But I was, uh, and, I, and I told you that I was very actually stoked that we had had a good conversation and got on the same page and were cool with each other when he passed away. And I really thought of how petty it was that if he would have passed away, 
while we had this stupid little beef, I would always, to my, you know, to this day, I'd feel, I'd feel crappy about that. You know what I mean? Like that, how lame was that that I had a petty beef with someone and they died or it could have been me and some, the opposite. And someone was like, well, that was kind of stupid. Well, I'm glad, I'm glad you guys healed. He, Mike is an amazing guy. So is Tony. So is Doug. So those guys, that was my, and, and Jeff Clint, I think had, oh, you know what? Jeff Clint probably, maybe Jeff Clint was in there somewhere. Maybe he knew Mike or something. But Jeff may have been in the mix there and mentioned me or something. But I somehow we I got my way in there with Tony and Mike and. So let's just go straight to Eighth Street. How much? How you know? What did you do at Eighth Street? You drew. Graphics. I, tr- I tried drew, to be their art guy. But I, like <laughs> ads, ads, boards, wheels. I drew. What did you? I drew. Yeah, I, I did ads, which I really liked doing ads a lot. So and, was this? Uh, you could, were on the computer at this point. Did you? Or was um, this a little bit of a. No, it was still it was still hand paste up. You go okay. get your you go get your lino output. You go Spray get your tack, film. Mount, yeah. Mount Thing, the pr- the press type. copy of the finished thing or whatever. All of that. Uh, yeah. We had there's a little service bureau there. Sorry, all you kids who don't know what's being said right now. We're actually talking about things where things were made. Like yeah, back the, in the days, this when is pho- anal- when this photographs is were printed out. When yeah. you actually held a photograph in your hand, this is the same stuff. Yeah, it's analog. But then shortly after starting there, uh, Mike was like, "Okay, you got to go get a computer." And I knew nothing about computers, but there was an Apple store down the road on, on Miramar, and uh, we got an Apple II Ci. I yeah. think it had a that whole mi- eight megabytes of memory. Yeah. That might have been our first Acme computer, an Apple II Ci for Black Jinx, and, white and we paid like fifteen hundred bucks for a RAM chip. Oh god, you know I mean? it to was, get it to thirty-two megs or something. It, it was, was insane. Three thirty-five hundred. It was expensive. We got yeah. that. We got that. Got a scanner so I could scan photos. But Photoshop was basic, black and white, no layers, hellish to work with. Illustrator, same thing. So, so because people, because I have to learn how to do a talk show too. Right? This is talk. <laughs> well, no, because most people are just going to yeah. hear you know words and listen to people so just in the just the nitty-gritty what did you what are the what did you in the time you were there like how long were you at 8th street it was only a couple years a couple years okay yeah. so when you're there though you did ads boards wheels i yeah. mean did you yeah. by yourself was there a team of guys was there several oh people? We, wow the team the team was the team the uh, alfonso rawls was one of the most talented I, 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 to this is. day he is i love alf yeah. he's amazing and alf yeah, he if you to be hear on, this I, dude i'd like to say hi to you because I think maybe we you we were both young and uh, and it was a lot of weird shit happening. But dude, you're rad. And, I love uh, Alf too. I, I love you yeah, too, Alf. To Don't him. let him steal steal all my thunder. To you need honest, to come on my talk show. So, you know. So Alf was one of the great artists. Um, Francesco Albertini, Jekyll. Uh, he was he was a talented artist. Way more talented as an illustrator than I could ever be. He did some fantastic logos and graphics. I was good at production. I could do color separations. I could clean up. So artwork. you took what they what they either started or had near complete yeah, and got I it did done. Color you separations got and you... made it ready to go to, to go to press. Okay. And I understood right. that was my that's my for everything like t-shirts and, yeah. and just okay. Yeah. So did you do trapping and all that stuff? Or did oh yeah, you yeah, yeah okay, no, you, it's hand cut yeah. ruby. Yeah. What do people put kids don't understand? <laughs> trapping means like the darker color always prints over the light. And what you don't notice, and you'll never know unless you've been in the production of manufacturing stuff like we have. <laughs> um, you know, when you have yellow and you have black on top of it, the yellow goes under the black. And there's always a little fine line if you look at it, especially uh, on something a like overlap. a skateboard. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, overlaps or strokes or, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you don't get the, yeah, yeah. anyway. It's, so whatever. it's a way so of making We're talking about technical nice. stuff you probably don't know about, damn it. Google <laughs> it, man. Like... We're not here to teach you about <laughs> art production. The fuck's up with you people think uh, we're here for you. Okay, no, back to us. No, yeah, so H Street, I, I, fantastic time. Uh, and weird time for me on a, on a personal side, weird marriage, weird this and that. And, but, uh, 
an amazing time in skateboarding. Confusing, amazing. Because I'm, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. I'm kind of a Santa Cruz indie OJ oh, yeah. guy. For oh, yeah. We talked about ago. the car. Eighth Street was a they, they <laughs> and they cause shit to go down in skateboarding. It's never been repaired but from. You know what I mean? Like, phenomenal it's just, it, company because and talent wise, it was phenomenal. Yeah, Tony and Mike together worked fantastic. Walking into the office for the first time, the salesperson. Dave Andrick, yeah. one of the guys and that I, I grew Dave. up seeing yes. in the mags, just going, holy fuck, the rave. Should we take a minute right now to say hi to Dave Andrick? Hi, Dave. Dave Andrick, we love you. Dude. Scott Obradovich has respect for Another you. Another super one nice of my, guy. The best tricks I ever personally did was Andrick's. And so I was like, I, I loved the trick. So I, yeah. I, I, your name touched me daily for years. <laughs> Dave. And now if I see you, you touch me. We won't talk about that. We'll keep that off the record. But Funniest um, and nicest guy ever. No, super Dave's nice awesome. guy. Dave. Eddie Elguera was on the team too. Holy cow. Another, and he married Rhonda and I, uh, and that was a, a brilliant, he's just, I, I love Eddie. He's just a really, he's another really nice guy. I, you know what I'm honored about? Eddie hadn't skated for a couple of years since like the Soul Bowl contest. I think there was some, you know, bad vibes is just the way it went down and like you know he'd come and clearly win but like to give it to Dwayne or whatever because Dwayne was like image cooler or whatever like that and, right. and it was like this is kind of frustrating to come out here and so Eddie you know was focusing on his uh, church and stuff and, and I actually there was a little church here in Irvine called Mariner's Church that built a skate park there a concrete skate park oh, nice. and I would go by there and ride it now and then so he was there for some form of a uh, missionary meeting or something like that yeah. and Eddie comes walking out I was like hey what are you doing here him and Jay Alabama they were all the oh, wow. there yeah, yeah. but um, I talked Eddie into skating with me he hadn't skated for a couple of years and so um, uh, I'm going to take credit. I'm the one. I got him back <laughs> on his skateboard. I went to my car, got my kid's skateboard, brought yeah. it out there, and Eddie skated with me. And after five minutes of taking a few runs in that thing, dude, that, he just realized, like, why did I let this go for a couple of years? And, and boom, straight back. You know, yeah. a couple, few years later, you know, El Gato Club. I mean, he, got, he, he jumped back in fully. I did the same thing with Lester. Lester didn't skate for like 10 years or, or maybe more. It's hard Lester, to say. Really? He'd come around and be like, Lester, did Lester make you a skateboard? Blah, blah, blah. And finally at Acme, we made Lester a skateboard, dragged him out to the Chino Skate Parks probably 15, 18 years ago. I don't know. Um, I'm telling you, he took three runs in the pool and the bug, this and he bit, he's, now, he's never put it yeah. down since. And he... Uh, uh, he got hurt that day too. He slammed. I mean, he, he got, because a lot of those guys are really good. They get all amped and into it and he, <laughs> he started carving around, digging it and then he freaking hung up or something like that. Ain't oh. shit. Didn't stop him though. Nope. He's still to this day doing it. So those are proud moments to me as a skateboarder to one of those few and I was never as talented as most of those guys but I never stopped. Right. Yeah. Always was yeah. something to skate once a week. Didn't matter what it was. There's always a bowl or a ramp or something. Costa Mesa was kind of a hotbed. Today, yeah. there's still like eight ramps in, within a mile of my shop here. Oh my god! You know, yeah, Buckshot Vapor, Volcom Ruka. They all have bowls and parks, and um, there's nice. magazines, yeah. Vestal watches. There's just Bonsai Bowls has a bowl. There's just all these little secret places <clears throat> that people don't know about. So we always had something over all the years, and a lot of people didn't have that access. Yeah. So uh, I was able to always keep skating and and stayed passionate about. It. So to get guys that. It let it drift out from under them and get them back in. Yeah, that's a proud nice. moment. Oh, you know what I mean, so, uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah. gotta but, love that. Yeah, no, skateboarding's fantastic. And then from oh, this is probably where Jeff Quint stepped in because after H Street it changed and Mike did started Plan B and did all that, yeah. and my personal life went to shit, and uh, I went north. Um, and we went back up north. Uh, she was from Sacramento, and I was living in Sacramento at the time. But we went to, we stopped off in uh, Livermore area, mm-hmm. whatever mm-hmm. that little area yeah, is yeah, right there. Is that called the and East Bay a, or something? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah. In East Bay, and, and needed a job. And Jeff was with Deluxe, he yeah. had, and so he was working with the boys. 
and, uh, and <laughs> the Ron, mafia. Yeah, yeah, and Ron had always been up there. He's like, hey, give Jeff a call. So I give Jeff a call, and Jeff just said, hey, I know this guy. And they and they were starting print time. They had print time screen printing, which uh -huh. was in the the old where Dogtown used to be off of Yosemite on the, on the uh, 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 west side of Third and. Um, and so he set up a gig, and I went and met Ed Riggins. At Thra I went to Thrasher. I went, I went to Mecca, dude. I went to the spot. <laughs> I was like, I drove to Thrasher, and, and I went over there and over on Underwood, and then I met with Ed, and then I met with uh, Eric and, and Fausto, and, and Jeff did the intros. And they said, yo, let's in. have some spaghetti. You're in the crew now. Dude, and they, were, they offered me the thing, and they're just like, okay, we need a business partner. He goes, you got a buck? A buck. A buck. And Eric, yeah. I gave Eric That was a buy-in for a buck. A buy but you know what the awesome thing is? Fish learned that one the hard way. Yeah. If you decide to leave, your payout's a buck. <laughs> right. So yeah. it's like you own your percentage <laughs> of nothing. I love that. I, well, they learned how to vaporize people's ownership. <laughs> you know, it's like... Uh, well, it was, it, was, what a, it was a fantastic... So you were part of print time? I was part of... I, I ran print time on a day-to-day -day basis. I, I, I was I, 20... I didn't even know that. One or twenty-two percent ownership, and Ed Riggins on paper, on paper, yes, and and I, I had a, I made us a, a, a decent, an okay salary. Because there was a lot of stuff going through there. They, well, they did volume. That's Dude, the we thing. did we did some we did amazing. What anyone has to realize is there. back, especially back in the day, anything that you did, even Acme, we started like we did thousands of skateboards. I had close to a hundred employees once making boards, and then the office, and all that. Like yeah. you know, when someone came to help you set up your print shop, they were setting up a massive. Uh, production operation. They weren't setting up like a little. Now there's, it's so fragmented. Everything's so tiny. Yeah. The thought of, well, like, yeah, they're going to print our skateboards. Yeah, five hundred a month. No, no, we're talking a thousand a day. Okay. You know what I mean? Or I mean, so, so Amazing. yeah. So setting, so running print time was a big deal. That and was it was tens of thousands of shirts, and you know. Yeah, it was. We did we did textile shirts, sweatshirts, sweatpants, whatever whatever the so whatever all, the all, all needed, the deluxe stuff, skateboards. Yeah, and um, think real, just think spit real, fire. Spitfire. Uh, stereo, anti-hero, uh, some of the most brilliant art. Think uh, race wheels when they did race, oh, yeah, they, yeah, and all sorts, yeah. you know, and, and Venture and Thunder, naturally. Uh, no indie because that was the no that was owned by the other half of Thrasher, yeah. uh, <laughs> <laughs> the side of the partner. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was an, a, for a short period of time, like I said, maybe three years. Um, I learned so much. Fantastic businessmen. Um, so let's talk about how and why it ended for you. Because I'm a production artist, and I, I like computers, and I and I like doing. And you were that tired of being it. in a shop all day long. I like, ha I hate owning a business. I hate being a manager. I, I don't handle it emotionally very so well. So you were bought out for your dollar. Yeah, and <laughs> and to be perfectly honest, they had Charlie, which was the the boy's lawyer attorney, um, help me through a, a divorce. Where oh, so they they found a way to buy you out. Well, a, it was a good, a, it was a, a yes. mutual agreement because I was yeah. going crazy, yeah, and yeah. and I and Eric. But see, being a smart business, that's what you do. Well, Swinson, let's do something that can cost us five grand that'll save us one hundred and twenty-five by having to write this guy a check. Right. You know, well, so. and 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 Eric, um, Eric saw it in me. He goes because I was doing. We started. We got a computer, and I was starting to do artwork for a couple local people. Uh, one which is. Uh, California Choppers, and um, which was the local Hell's Angels yeah, cool. affiliate, which is a Kevin Ansel story. Yeah. But anyway, um, yeah, it, it, we uh, Eric saw the that I liked and I was good at the the computer thing, yeah. and he, you know maybe I'd be happier doing this and blah, 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 and and that was good. And it was hard on I understand it was hard on Fausto because and I didn't know this until somebody close to him told me and he, he didn't really wasn't involved in the breakup because yeah. he was really kind of bummed and I was like wow and Ed understood and Ed and I worked 
Ed, print time was Ed Nice, where Fausto, okay. you know. Think, I was like that. Ed was always nice to me. And actually, you know, I kind of like Fausto, but he was only nice to me when I told him to fuck off and called him a stupid Dago. How was that? Seriously. <laughs> I called him names, and then fun, suddenly he was nice to me. They were. Because he they was always rude because I was a tracker guy. Yeah. You know, you had those stupid trucks. And I told him, fuck you, dude. But dude Built they to love grind what? Corn? You know, I mean, I would, just, I would tease him back, and not they, too many skateboards stood up to him. They were. No, not at all. They were intimidating. I mean, I met Mofo. And I thought he Mo was like the scariest dude ever. He just looked intimidating, like Fausto. Like and and Eric is just intimidating by his just demeanor, just his general demeanor. He and he's like he's just a fuck. Fausto was a fuck off guy. Eric was fuck you, and he had the greatest smile. But anyway. I digress, and and I hope they're resting in peace. And, uh, those, uh, you know, I, I mean, they did a lot for skateboarding. I will yeah. never, never knock that. I mean, I, I had my issues over. I mean, I fired a guy once from stealing. They flew him up to think and employed him the next day. And I called Faust. Like, what the fuck is wrong with you? How <laughs> stupid do you have to be? Yeah, you think you're gonna get? You think you're gonna get my magic potion by stealing a and I, a sales guy? That's that's why we're being successful. Well, and I like, think yeah, everybody like, has yeah, both like, stories yeah. about him, which oh, yeah. is amazing. But you know what? I learned how to set up a business correctly like we set up a print shop and it was fucking clean it was yeah. for and you know you work with ink and you know how toxic the stuff is how messy it my is my place isn't very clean here because i let my partner tom run he doesn't really care that much about cleaning but i like i, I personally still, would prefer to have a lick off the floor shop myself yeah but, you know. and we had to in san francisco because you got people sniffing around but I, I still to this day have eric's voice in my head nothing on the floor and i love that but I learned great ways of doing skate, uh, printing skateboards, printing T-shirts, printing mm -hmm. stickers and art posters, and just the stuff we did was outstanding. And uh, we're taking selfies while we're doing the podcast, <laughs> by the way. Just so and you know. I'm I'm eternally grateful to to Jeff and Ed and Eric and Fausto for that opportunity because uh, then it just it. Set me well, what happens with a lot of people, because I've had people, whether it's team riders, where they come through, they get that, you get that 17-year-old angst because someone's yeah. filling their head with like, you're ripping them off because you're not making them the superstar they should be, or you're not giving them a pro model, right. or you're not doing it. And then they all come back and like say, dude, you were like the raddest guy and the easiest guy <laughs> I ever worked with. The only guy that was ever super straight to me and told me the truth. Yeah, but you, that's, that's one of the hard things about skateboarding and the industry side. Everyone plays the game with that 16 to 20-year-old angst. Yeah. You know, you dig in there, make him hate who he's with now because you feed him bullshit to make him angry and then want to come with you because you're his bro. And yeah. the guys that do it the best are the last of, they're not the bros at all. Right. They're the guys who just know how to play it. It's like, you know, like we, we have a full-time psychologist on staff. Uh, like, <laughs> we get notes on how to manipulate them. And like, you know, skateboarding is very weird. You know, it's but like, uh, but, yeah, that, that uh, but nothing's better though, because like you yeah. said, it's just, it's part of your life. It's been part of your life. It's still to this day, even though you don't skate as often as you used to wear it, like you're still a skateboarder. Yeah, it's just flows yeah. I, I don't. Veins. I haven't. I had my right hip replaced over a year ago, which was one of the we best. Were talking things. about that about yeah. hip replacement. Well, Keith be Cochran, I saw Keith uh, on my hunt, last honeymoon, and and he was just like, "Dude, best thing I've ever done. I can, I can." He has a hip replacement friend. too. Oh yeah, he oh, said and he could. Ricky Barnes, Grant Britton, Dave well, Duncan. Like, I think we're all going to have hip replacements. I talked to a chiropractor friend the other day with the little podcast. Yeah, uh, Lawrence Bowser. He uh, he works with Lester and and uh, and. and Christian Soy, Lonnie here, my other people all the time help right. me out if I'm feeling good. I've been at the pool party where I'm not about even being able to roll and like pop my leg back in. It's like, oh, so he's like, he's our yeah. little magician. But I was asking him, you know, like, uh, um, 
you know, uh, just about the longevity of skateboarding, what it does, and and you know, what gets hurt the most. And we talk about knees and hips, and, yeah. and hips take a lot of it. Hips take a lot of it. I Running say, out of I stuff. I think we're and gonna slamming. and we're gonna have to get a lot of hip replacements. So. Well, it's my it's, and it's my front hip. And yeah. It's it's the first. It's the strong oh, yeah, leg. The leading so, line is the first. Yeah, slam. it's the first one that hits. Yeah. It's the first one when you take the two steps to knee slide, which no one wears knee pads anymore. So I, you guys don't know about that. I, I, yeah, Youngins, I don't oh, wear we much. Like, you know, I, I, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was always. Right, left, knee slide. So it, it just and it's just worn out. And and I've had you know I I wasn't the best skateboarder and definitely awkward and bow legged and so. Wait a second, I gotta ask you. Whenever someone <laughs> says they weren't the best skateboarder, do you think sometimes you had the biggest smile at the session? Oh yeah. Then you were the best skateboarder. Well, there. okay, okay. Because in that in regard, my in my regard, the person who had the most fun always wins. Well, the yeah. guy who did the biggest dare, yeah. the longest trick, or like that. Doesn't always win. If he smiles yeah. and does it, he certainly wins. Yeah. But honestly, if someone comes out there and they're pissed off the whole time and they only do stuff because they're angry, they gotta get out of their system. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, it's a good outlet for you, but you're not having fun. Yeah. So I hate to tell you, the only thing you're winning <laughs> is avoiding like beating your head against the wall. But you're not really winning life because winning life is is being approachable and happy and fun and not not scaring yeah. people and 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 you know like you, well, didn't, like you didn't come here because you didn't have to worry is jim gray gonna go like the fuck do you want <laughs> obradovich like nope. seriously dude yeah i mean you knew you're like welcome come in laugh yeah. joy let's let's I interrupt your day for a little bit you did interrupt yeah. my day i got work to do and here we are doing a podcast <laughs> you know I, i'm supposed to start a podcast i haven't uploaded one yet i've already got nine recorded and it's right. like how am i supposed to ever start this podcast if i just keep doing podcasts without uh without posting anything It'd be one of those skateboard archives that someone will run across years. Right. What you're saying, what you're saying is, I'm never going to complete it. It's going to be well, like it's going to be the unpublished Beatles album of and, skateboarding. Well, this, this I've been wanting to do this kind of thing because Surfline does the talk story, and I love listening to that. And I should listen to it and learn history, stuff. See, I need to learn stuff. It's neat, it, yeah. it, but it's like skateboarding, and we we do this. We talk story when we get together. It's the high school reunion yeah. thing, you know. So we just talk and drink beers and eat food and and chat about all the rad stuff that's happened and it's not written down. Our history isn't that, I, that written and down. And I don't know where I'll go with it, but I have yet to. This is I believe the ninth one I've recorded and and I have not yet once written anything down or really went and got got to cover this. I even well, posted yesterday on Facebook to, Facebook to a group that I said, the Welfare Line Skateboard Collectors buddies that they fly me out there every year. And I go, I'm, I'm interviewing Day One and Tori Puddle. You guys have any questions? And I got so busy, I never had time to go read their questions before I did the interview. I went back and looked at it yesterday. I go, yeah, we covered most of that stuff. You know, it's like, <laughs> the answer to everything is yes, I posted in there. Yeah. But like, I even tried to use people to be that research guy. Yeah. And I don't know if I'm that guy. I'm too much of an on-the-fly guy. Um, and it feels better for me. Yeah. yeah. And, and so... I think that's just the way I have to do it, and I'll learn if, in some cases, I need to. I wrote, I told myself some ideas, like I'll write down like five questions. So if someone starts rambling off down a path that I realize isn't going to mean anything to the people, of the world, or listening, right. that I need to just stop and go, "Hey, by the way, let's get back on track. What was your first car, or whatever it was?" Right. I had those thoughts in my head, but I never wrote them down. Never, never went there. But I've been on a couple. Uh, podcast where there's like you know I went on the the Desiree show um, uh-huh. Desiree Storget she's like you know I called this person they told me to tell you this I called you know like she did research about that I went on this uh, Adventures in Design that guy's amazing his name's Mark Bricky um, and he came in he was a skateboarder but he's most his world's mostly focused around design you'd be real fascinated by it but he talks about the designers for Disney and these oh, wow. artists and um, and he he made me feel like an amazing person. He lifted me up on how important Acme was in the history of skateboarding as far as for being a rebel and how he recognized right. that in the advertising and all that. And most people in the industry won't tell me that. I know I did some of the most creative ads that were ever done in skateboarding. 
and, and, and as far as I'm concerned, and stuff too, d- d- just beautiful. I work. mean, for years in trans, were like I negotiated deals when it wasn't available, right? Yeah. The, ma- the the market had went to shit, and I go, I'll be your Pied Piper. I'll take your back cover. I'll take the contents page, but I want to just do whatever I want with the page, and you have to take the rest of the, the two page spread. I'm going to take half in whatever direction I want. You design the rest of your editorial around it. I don't think anyone had ever done that in skateboarding before. Yeah. And so I created a really creative ad campaign in in, uh, in Transworld. And the only time they ever had a poll where they asked a written thing, like what ad do you look forward to, that Acme won by like 10 to 1 or yeah, anything yeah, else. Yeah. Because they knew it was going to be different. Um, and uh, But it was also because of timing. Everything has to do with timing. World Industries couldn't have happened again. <coughs> Today, it wouldn't right. work. Timing is why it worked. There's factors that made it happen. Um, so... I got that and said, I'll take your back cover. I'll take that. I'll go color on all these ads. I want the contents page, the 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 what are the title page, right? That. Yeah, yeah. And I'll give them. They'll all be color and whatever. Say your going rates, fifteen, eighteen thousand dollars. I'm going to give you ten grand for those three ads. But guess what? You go call Paul Schmidt, Parewell, and blah blah blah. Tell them all Jim Gray's doing all color ads. Every single one of those guys will convert to color. We turn Transworld from a black and white magazine into a color magazine by being the Pied Piper and leading them down the path. I've you never know, and I continue cool. to do that other magazine. Strength magazine came out. I go, I'll take your back cover for a thousand dollars. Yeah, you know, when you want five for it or like that, because again, I'll give you a list of ten people if you call them and tell them Acme just took the back cover. They're going to run a a color ad in there and they'll pay $3,000 for it. You know? <laughs> and with AS, ASR Trade Show, they would have a show guide every time with a tab page. Uh-huh. I'd say, I'll take your tab page for $1,000 you know, and you want thirty five hundred. You know, and uh, because if I don't get the tab page, I don't want the ad. I was pretty finicky that way. If I don't have a cover, <laughs> don't have something that's really visible. I'm not taking an interior right. lost ad. Um, and I said, if I take this tab page, then again, you call these ten guys, and you'll sell ten color ads for two grand each, and I'll pay half of what they did for the tab page, the one of the two tabs in the whole magazine. Yeah. I'll get good visibility for it by being your Pied Piper, because these guys are all followers. Yeah. I'm going to lead. You know, it's like I'm going to put my balls on the table, commit to the, to the money, and uh, and I was really proud of that. You know, so that's rad. And yeah. from a magazine standpoint, they're just like, well, I got ten more ads. Well, I was helping and I didn't have, I'm, Yeah, exactly. I don't have to do anything. You're giving it's me like, a fifty well, percent okay. discount Thanks. because I'm giving you a five hundred percent increase in sales. That's that's just old fashioned business scratching business. back. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, funny. Okay, yeah, so back to skateboarding. Back to skateboarding. It's 2020. We're heading into a new year, and for the first time in a long time, the Patriots aren't making the Super Bowl. So who's your next pick? Head over to mybookie.ag to make your predictions a reality. MyBookie is one of the most trusted in the industry. Football not your thing? No worries. MyBookie's got it all. From the NBA to the Premier League, they've even got odds on the UFC. And with everybody's favorite Irish nuisance fighting on the 18th, things are bound to get exciting. MyBookie has the fastest payouts, best promotions, and a very helpful 24-7 customer service team. If you join right now, MyBookie will match your deposit halfway all the way up to $1,000. That means if you deposit $2,000, you'll get an extra $1,000 in free money to play with. All you have to do is use our promo code BLV to activate the offer. Once again, that's promo code BLV to get your extra cash from MyBookie. Bet, win, get paid. Okay, yeah, so back to skateboarding. Back to skateboarding. Well, that's all skateboarding. Well, it is all skateboarding. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, well, we said we were going to talk so, for 30 H- minutes. We're in it. What do you guess? Guess how long we've talked? 90? 50. 50. Oh, my so, God. Yeah, well, see, so. that, that's what happens. Yeah. Ron and I will get together. Next thing you know, it's like 2, 3 in the morning. I know. Like, I drive oh, up north, and I end up the wrong time crashing your couch tonight, whatever like that. And he's a late-nighter guy. I'm more of like I fall asleep at 10 yeah. or 11, and like at 1 o'clock in the morning, we're talking. I'm drowsing off. And then we're like, but I'm going to still want to get up at 6 in the morning, so I kind of need some sleep. So... Uh, <laughs> Well, it's not funny because we're going to do this. And what time is it? Oh, God, it's like 1.42. So I'll probably drive back through 
I'll go back down through PCH and then hit the three o'clock session in the water. <laughs> oh, nice! I like that. <laughs> so I'm, basically, I'm a that? surfing opportunity for you. You, you wasted my surfing. day, <laughs> except for I got tacos. That no, was no, good. no! You can come and, surf with uh, me. You know, oh, fuck! I wish, dude. I, I so I need like there's Rumble and Ramona tomorrow. I need to like decide oh, I knew whether, that was whether I'm going to my mom's house tonight or do it, you know, or stay in here. And you know what I mean? I got I work yeah. to do. I have nine podcasts I have yet to edit or <laughs> or do anything on. Um, yeah, I promised uh, Spidey and our other business I would send something to our, our one of our production guys. Um, There's another nice I have too many things going Spidey. on. I need an assistant. You know? <laughs> um, uh, does, okay, so is there anybody out there in this podcast uh, wants to be an executive assistant to a kind of a low-level executive, me, um, <laughs> and you're willing to work um, for a reasonable price, nothing, um, and uh, you're willing to put up with a lot of shit like, hey, read my emails, read them to me, respond when I just like, that would be so rad if I could just be like an old-fashioned CEO and dictate things, like, you know, yeah, um, uh, like, all right, uh, reply, tell them... Um, I'm really not into that idea. Fuck off. All right, good. I didn't have to write that, right? And move on. Next email. Yeah. You know, okay. Tell That's them, tell story, them I, am, I am not into that. <laughs> fuck off. Okay. Now, what else? What other email do we have? Uh, oh, do you, can I redo your website for you? Uh, how many of those we get today? Put them all in one group. Click start to finish and hit delete. Okay. All right. There we go. That was easy. Um, uh, so, yeah, it's... But between uh, having been in business for a long time, having had the same phone number for a long time, a couple same emails for a long time... I get hundreds of emails a day, shitloads of random you know, oh, wow, messages. Uh, I have five or six Instagrams, a few Facebooks for different, you know, agendas, you know, PowerFlex. Uh, it's hard to keep on top of. So some people say, dude, you are like a heavy duty poster on social media. And I take like two seconds for everyone. I'm a broadcaster. Just yeah. like right now I'm talking, people right. may be listening or not. Yeah. And you'll only know, at least in this case, you'll find out if people, you know, say how many times it got watched or like that. But in the case of like, Social media, you have your likes or like that, but like you'll say, I like your. This is not your beautiful house. You know, yeah. Uh, but you probably don't necessarily. Even, you probably don't even notice. You don't like Gary. What I don't know if you do or not. You know what I mean? Like because I don't follow to see who does. I'm just yeah. broadcasting. Yeah. What I'm and putting I'm just... out there. So that is the social me. What's going going on? I take pictures all over the place while I'm out and about in the day and just throw them out there. Uh, I don't. Yeah, that's a weird one because I don't always hit like. I just I love thumbing. Well, no, I, and I, I notice that because things. a lot of people, in particular, tell me like, they, oh, "I love your. This is not your beautiful house thing." You know, like I, hit it every I don't once think I've ever while. seen your because I do have sometimes all notifications just yeah. pass by. That's all I know if someone liked it. I don't right. go look afterwards like that. Um, but I go, yeah, I've never noticed. You know, you paying any attention to it or ever commenting <laughs> or like that. Um, but the fact that you know if someone acknowledges. Like, you know, Day One Song's here yesterday. I mean, yeah. I, I see his name pop up liking my post. It makes me feel good that he's paying attention to what's going on skateboarding. He comes up and goes, yeah, dude, you've been ripping everywhere and this and that. And <laughs> so I'm just, I'm being bold. I have this opportunity. I have a podcast. I go, you know what I want? I want to be in one of your videos. And he goes, okay, let's do nice. that. You know? And then him and Tori are like, well, we should make a Jim Craig guest model on, on Thank You Skateboards. I'm like... Damn, is this what the podcast can be all about? I like that shit. And I need to invite some guys here from like Frito-Lay and Snickers bars and Pepsi-Cola and, you know, anything else I like. Duracell? Um, Anybody from Duracell skate? I could use some batteries. I can just uh, shout out to Lagunitas Beer, just, you know, or a Stone Brewery. Oh. I know guys that were at Stone Brewery. I think I have friends that work there now. <laughs> um, skateboarders are everywhere. And I've learned yeah. if you have to find out, just broadcast. Like, who, who works in a brewery and skateboarding? And you'll get 11 <laughs> private messages. Just like oh, I work at this one, I work at that one. Um, skateboarders are linked to everywhere. I've been to like yeah. the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and some guy comes, No, next time you're in town, make sure you notify me, I'll have tickets waiting for you. You know, like things like that. Like skateboarders are everywhere, they you know. It's like, everywhere. Um, I went to Disneyland two or three weeks ago with Steve Keenan. Oh, wow, um, I love uh, Steve Sp Spidey. Uh, and uh, then Nick Rosendahl's yeah. old skater that skated, skated with us back oh, in the day, okay. and he's an Imagineer. 
Oh, so wow. he came with us, and so our tour is going. So we're, while we're standing in the line of the new Star Wars ride, he's going like, my wife was the art director for the interior of the Star Wars ride. And, and it's like, hey, this is a cooler way to see Disneyland. We turn around the corner and goes, yeah, because he does like, he did a lot of the, uh, the painting and stuff like that. So like, yeah, we painted that building this way and that building. And, and it was like, this is a kind of cool way to see Disneyland with, a, with an Imagineer who not only you just, just walked us in the gate, for one thing, you know, it's like, that was like, skateboarders, man. Uh, <laughs> I may be poor as hell on paper, but man, I'm rich we are, as we are all. Rich. Like, actually, something, that's something Ron Allen. Let's talk about Ron Allen again. Ron Allen said that to me when he was talking about life in general. Because I've had a lot of money pass through my hands and leave my hands. So I'm, I'm not a very wealthy man on paper anymore. But, I'm, but Ron goes, yeah, but Jim, he goes, you're not rich. He goes, you're wealthy. Yeah, and he said wealthy in the sense Check. of you have friends, and it's it's wealth that you would stop by here to have to have lunch or just say hi or whatever like that. that that's yeah. wealth. That's someone delivering to you wealth that you can't buy. You know, you can buy. We could have had lobster instead of dollar uh, twenty five tacos on Taco Friday. Um, but, tacos but what would that? And, tacos are rich, and that's yeah. what I'm saying. But we had a good conversation. Would you Absolutely. rather go with some freaking schmedly schmo dude selling you something for your? company that you hate working at no blah 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 who's taking you out to lunch for lobster and and you're you're wearing a suit you hate and you're doing all the stuff that you hate or would you rather go to the skate buddy and have dollar 25 tacos to me it's not even a it's not even a question as far as who had more time who had more fun right you know and we can talk about our skate experiences and the people we've hung out with the places we've skated and there was probably more genuine fun with all of those than even if those guys were having lobster talking about yeah well i got my new sea ray boat and put it in lake blah 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 on my house out there and i go yeah but did you have any fun yeah. Did anyone like you that was out there, or were you just the arrogant fuck with a bunch of money who, you know what I mean? Just like I I'm hope, living I large, just like you know. No, and, I, and some you know, are. There's some everything. Yeah, I have I met the most so. amazing filthy rich people, and I've met the biggest scumbag filthy rich people. Yeah. I've met the most amazing dirt poor dudes, and I've met the most lame dirt poor dudes. It's just yeah. like you have to associate with good people and, and refuse to waste your time with lame people. Although right. you know, we all have some questionable ones that. That float through our lives and uh, and being tolerant people, we have to. That's just kind of respect for life around us. Try to love everybody. Yeah, Yeah. but all right, we can't talk forever, so we got to go. Yeah. Um, But Scott Obradovich, man, Scott Obradovich, legendary. Last shout out to the whole H Street and living in San Diego. Bring it on. I got to meet you. I got to meet a lot of cool people, but I got, I got he's to on see my you. show, so he's got to. He's going to say that I'm important. I like that. <laughs> yeah, this is going to be one of the rules. But, I'm going to hand everyone a card. No, it's like you must honest. say I'm important to be invited back to the show. Always fun. Skated a demo every once in a while on a ramp at a at a at a. Um, Fraternity. Oh, you were there? Yeah, I, oh, I, I helped show the, the ramp. You got to show me the poster in my have next door. I have a, like a 20 by 26 poster side. Billy Ruff goes, I met my wife that day. Oh, my God. Demo. Well, That's that was so funny. And the, and the, the PVC de- doping. Yeah. And, uh, but then, like Dave Mike Smith, was... uh, Dave, uh, Tony Hawk, I mean... Billy Ruff, me, and it was, was fun, like, and yeah. I got to skate with you guys. Yeah. And but you—that's funny. I and, and, and it was fun about you because you always have fun skateboarding, and you're just—you're a nice guy. And I gave so him you seven dollars to say that. <laughs> but you know, I always, I felt welcome on the ramp, and none of those, none of the other guys um, made me feel awkward or anything. But you, I always have a little hero worship for being around pros because you guys raw. I, I get really it, and I, and I always wanted to dispel that with someone. I always wanted to know that when they're there, uh, I try to encourage someone who because I get the nerves too. Yeah. He's also what I've about. Skating skateboarding no matter how good a skateboarder is with with rare exception okay when you're on tony hawk's level or christian soy's level it's a little it's a little rare but for even for a guy who was a pro skateboarder out there competing with those guys i still knew when i went to practice i was gonna feel like shit because <laughs> they were doing stuff i couldn't do or, or wasn't willing to practice to do or whatever the level right. was but 
but it was just easier for them where they go, damn. So I understand how everybody feels if they see me drop in and it's easier. I know what it feels like because you may drop in and, and go, dude, you make it look so easy when you drop in, charge that corner and grind that bowl. And I go, yeah, yeah. yeah. And guess what it feels like for me when I drop in after Christian has soy. <laughs> you know, I, feel like, I feel like I don't even know how to ride a skateboard. Uh, so I've, I've understood that sort of, it goes all yeah, around but, in, in one way. So yeah. when someone shows up and you know, you know, I'm the bottom of the barrel guy and, and, and Tony Hawk's there. I, so he probably doesn't need to do that. He just stays oblivious to it. I know what he's saying because Tony's a yeah, good guy. Yeah. But I personally always would go out of my way to try to make someone feel welcome. Come on, get in there. Get in there. Let's go. Let's, let's be part of this. Because yeah. I also, it's, it's a really rad to, to have got to be part of that at all, to, to, to have been fortunate enough to have had your ass kicked by all those guys mm-hmm. so you could stand on the deck and watch the finals every time. That, yeah. was, that was epic. So to be able to experience that, so someone else, here's their moment to experience being with five yeah. pros. Like, dude, I, I want that person to have that be a yeah. good memory And I was always life. nice to be able to go, so, yeah, dude, take a run. I'm like, all right, cool. And like, then and your legs are shaking. Totally, and, and that's what I mean. I know all I that. The nerves are, because my legs were shaking because I had to go after Tony Hawk just did 17 540s. Yeah. Oh, you know, it's like, and I'm going to go, what am I going to do? Like, I mean, it's almost yeah. like, why should I even go? You know, but, but you would find out that people... Um, People like watching different styles and different things. I like Ron yeah. Allen, back to Ron Allen. Yeah. Ron Allen did a show with Chuck Treese and uh, and this band on stage at the John Anson Ford Theater. Yeah. And, and I happened to hang out with him. He goes, well, "You just come with me." I thought it was cool enough. That I was going to get to go backstage, but the, there's a mini ramp on the deck of the theater, a 2,000 seat theater or whatever. And he, and and I'm like, "Well, I'll just hang out." And he's like, "No, no, you get out there and skate." Yeah. And so I'm getting out there skating for 2,000 people while their band's playing, mostly with kids that were much better than me. But ultimately, in the end, they go, you know what? The audience gave you more cheers than anyone because they saw some gray-haired dude out there dropping in, Absolutely. charging the bowl. And all With I did all was 50-50s and frontside grinds, but to a bunch of kids watching a guy go up and do a blunt, all casual. They were, but then they see a guy with a different style, more surfy. And, yeah, yeah. And, but again, they see the gray hair, and you kind of start realizing there's something kind of interesting to a young kid to be tripping on an old dude. Because I remember the only dude, old dude we knew was... Um, uh, oh my God! I'm brain farting on names. Bill Dorr. Bill Tor, Yes. Oh, um, and Uncle yes, Default. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bill Dorr was the best. I yes. Bill Dorr. But he was the only guy we knew with gray hair. Yeah. You know. So, and we were so stoked anytime Bill Dorr showed up. So well, I understand the feeling of that kid being yeah. 20 and seeing it. So, so that that I do I do really enjoy that, and I was stoked that Ron let me join in on that one. That was really fun. Ron's bitching, dude. On stage. I mean, literally on playing that ba- playing. It's like that was a, that was a really cool thing. I can't remember the name of the event, but it was like. Uh, it was just a community yeah, I remember him telling gathering me. thing. And, you know, um, we had a great day that day with my, my friend Scott. And we cruised around L.A. And then we just got there. I literally thought I was going to get to hang out backstage and get the... I got the good food and all that. But then, like, <laughs> I still got to play on stage. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So, 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 well, so bottom line, all, all these talks confirm is that... You're 56, I'm 56. Yeah. We, you, it sounded like you stayed 73. I probably didn't skate like 75. So you've been skateboarding longer than me. Um, a little bit. But we've been skateboarding a yeah. long time. And it, it really it flows through our veins. You don't let go of it. The memories don't go away. Yeah. And I may uh, not do it much at all. I still cruise around every once in a while. But when you say a skateboarder right down the street, don't you feel like he's part of the family? I can hear it. Yeah, you can but, hear but, but the you sound. immediately, yeah. the, he's immediately kind of part of your family. The guy riding by on um, the bike isn't. You know, the car that drove by isn't the the yeah. you know, the runner running by is just a, you know a runner. No, no, you know right. no, but the skateboarder's kind of like, oh, family, what's up? I wonder yeah. how you know. So you see the dude in the Thrasher jacket or the Spitfire shirt or whatever. It's like, yeah, you know, old skateboarder. Yeah, saw a dude in Dogtown shirt. 
old skate. And you just look at each other, and he's like, oh, Andy, oh, okay, old skateboarder. Yeah, no, there's, like, definitely, yeah. uh, there's definitely a lot of that. So, all right, well, we're going to sign this thing off. Um, uh, everybody say goodbye to Scott O'Bradovich. Wait. Goodbye, oh, we can't hear you because this only goes one way. Um, I know I gotta have, I gotta learn to have fun on this. Like I can just talk this shit. Is I can talk blast. shit and you can't talk back. Like I can say like, "Hey, how are you guys doing today, dorks?" Ha ha! I called you names. You know, all you can do is type back somewhere like, "You know, you're a dork too, Jim." Like, and I go, "Yeah, big deal." Maybe I didn't read your comment. Ha ha! But you still had to listen to me calling you names. So. Thanks, Jim. You're welcome, Scott. I thank, love thank, thanks for thank joining you us. Skateboarding, dude. thank you, skateboarding for sure. Yeah. And look what's on my. I have a thank you skateboard on my thing. You do. Was, brought to me yesterday and signed and i'm lucky i am the luckiest man in skateboarding you are all right we're gonna gonna turn this thing off see you later have a good weekend or tuesday because i have no idea when this will get posted listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube